Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us... We have Carolyn and Jeff of CrossFit Change coming to you from Cornelia, Georgia. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? Doing great, Doing well. Joe. Hope you Thanks are. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to have you. I love having this conversation with CrossFit gyms because at essence, CrossFit is, is the same, the ultimate scalability in terms of fitness, but in terms of execution, almost free reign and artistic license and how you run your gym. And so there's a lot for us to dig into, I'm sure. For context and for people who aren't familiar with CrossFit Change, give me kind of the, the description here. When you tell people about the gym, what do you tell them? Um, well, we usually call it our CrossFit Change family. So okay. um, we get to know everybody. So Jeff and I do all of our foundation classes so that we can know everybody that comes to our gym and make it personal for them. So. The hardest, the hardest thing to get people to do is to take that first step uh, into the foundations class. So we try to have uh, a consultation with them where they actually get to come and, and see the end right around the end of the class. And they can oftentimes get to visit a little bit with some of our members. Our members are really good about welcoming those the new faces with the the scared eyes and they're, they're intimidated by all the lights and yeah. sounds and all that yeah. and so uh we we try to get them in for a consultation and then just try to convince them that you know what you see on the board or what you see on the website that's completely scalable and we'll we'll meet you where you are hmm. to try to help get you where you want to be uh, okay. i think that's, that's the biggest thing is just to alleviate some of their some of their anxiety um, which is going to be a recurring anxiety for a while. <laughs> Once they learn more of that anxiety, I'll come back. Sure. And yeah. so if I'm understanding properly, and we'll get to the, the sales process of this and dig into that here as the interview goes on. But if I'm understanding properly, this is a CrossFit gym for anybody and everybody, right? We can serve you no matter what the ultimate goal of this is. Right. Am I understanding right. correctly? Yeah. In any given class, we've got a 75 year old with his 68 year old wife working out next to our 17 and 18 year old sons. So we show them that we, yeah, alpha and omega, right. All shapes and sizes that we can. Yeah. I want to work backwards. This will, this will make for an interesting interview and, and useful for people in a similar ish CrossFit model. And so start with the end goal in mind, and then you guys can, we can, we can sort of brainstorm what needs to happen from here on out to get to that. But big picture me, guys, what do we see for this business in the next handful of years? What's the, what's the goal? The interesting thing about the end goal is we've never really had one. We are, <laughs> we are, we are on the tracks and we're riding the train. Um, we, we have no, there is no exit strategy per se. There is no target uh, marketability or market value. There's, there's, there's us coming to the gym every day and really enjoying the time we spend with our community. So for, right. for us at this point in our lives, 
we don't really see like there's no this is like when we hit this many or we get to this point there's an exit strategy um we're not we're not wired both of us neither of us are really wired that way um both of us don't really see it as a job we see it as coming and hanging out with our friends, which sure. may not may not be what uh, the minded CrossFitter <laughs> is really wanting to hear. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the way we look at it. Uh, we didn't ask the question a little bit differently. Then, guys, have we? We're in our what is now our our third evolution of this along the way, and and we got to chop it up here in the green room before starting the recording. But have we entertained the idea of? multiple locations at any point or a bigger location at any point or or what's the the trend here do we want to continue going up is that i guess yeah, yeah. so so we started uh you know in our garage then we moved to a small space and now we're we're in a building and we're fortunate that we were able to buy this building so um we're in a space that is it will eventually it'll eventually be ours you know the bank owns it right now but it'll eventually be ours there. and so you know, if we were to say what would be our next step, we, we've tried to say, you know, next year, how many new members do we want? How many, how many new waivers do we want, you know, to be signed? Uh, how many do we want? And then we break that down into per month. If we could get five new members a month, that's 60 a year. You know, we're at anywhere from 80 to 100 uh, here in our space. And if we were able to get to 150, then that's a whole new that's a whole new ball game uh, yeah what do you think the ceiling is in the space that you're in right now the space that we're in there really is no ceiling i mean we've got ten thousand square feet um oh we, we could fit a bunch then okay yeah, we've got, uh, in our gym we've got you could run you could run dual classes correct we do we actually we do we have 19, 19 rig spaces we have 19 racks. racks yeah we've got a whole lot of space okay that's not the issue the issue for us is the time constraints on us. And so um, we, we coach the majority of the classes. Um, we're not in an area that is very densely populated, uh, which, you know, I, I found that it's harder to find good coaches in our area that you trust and know and kind of, and kind of indoctrinate them into what we believe and what we want to do. Um, so it's really on us a lot. And there's just so many, so many hours in the day and there's only so much of us. So that's really the, the constraint on us is that we've not been able to or not made it a priority to really staff, truly staff uh, the gym with enough people to do what you're talking about. To scale. You are not alone in that boat. There are thousands of gym owners listening to this that, that can wrap their head around the sentiment that you guys just expressed. And I think it's, it's tough because this is like one of your children, right? Do we want to just hand it off to somebody else to raise? We get a little hesitant, right? We want to have control. And, and a lot of the time, the gym owners that I talk to guys, the, the bottleneck or the, the hurdle to get over is that relinquishing control a little bit. And it sounds like that's, that's the boat that we're in. But at least for the time being here, let's explore how we get those people in and how we turn them into members and how we keep them most importantly thus far in your gym owner careers what's been working from from a marketing standpoint or or how are we getting people through the doors in the first place 
almost a hundred percent word of mouth. Word of mouth. Almost a hundred percent word of mouth. Um, our, our goal is to do a good job so that people want to be here and they want to share that with other people. And so that's how we've uh, gotten our members. Yeah, I say that we have to have something worth marketing before we start talking marketing, I suppose. Well, and and we just chose uh, a long time ago, we weren't going to spend that money on marketing when we had, you know, our, again, our time only allows us so many, we, we didn't want it to grow so fast that it burned out. You know, we didn't want it to go from 50 to 200 and then try to figure out, Oh, how are we going to coach all these classes and offer and, and the quality that, that we want to offer. We're both kind of control freaks in a, in, in a positive way, I guess, but we also, um, by creating a good product, people talk and then the word of mouth is, is the only, yeah. is the only advertising that we've really done. Now, Jeff, you said almost a hundred percent, which suggests that there has been at least something else. What have you guys tried? Well, we've, we've done uh, our local, I teach at the local high school and okay. you know, the athletic program, they get sponsors and they put your, they put your sign up all over the, the sporting events. We've done that. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how many people we'd have no idea how many people. Yeah, it's probably more like a like a charitable donation than right. formal yes. marketing. But. Uh, we also sponsor. There's a fundraiser that the high school does. We sponsor uh, one. We give away a free foundations class, and usually, about every year, we have somebody who you know it's a silent auction deal where they pay a certain amount of money, and the highest bidder gets the gets the foundations. But we really. Um, we have our we have a, we have a competition each year um, where we you know invite, gosh, a hundred mile radius. I guess we invite people to come join. That's a way to get the the name out there. But again, we're we're in such a I mean we're in a rural area. We're in a rural community. Um, the population density here is just you know you can drive seventy miles and go down to Atlanta, and there are more CrossFit gyms in Atlanta than we have members you know i mean they're because because there's you know several million people down there but we're you know we're up in the sticks so we never we never really i guess we've never really thought the value of spending the money on marketing and advertising that the roi would be there well i just didn't didn't we didn't think that the return on investment would be something that would be worth it for us and we are located right on main street too so we get a lot of drive-by traffic okay. So, so natural. Okay. Do you think that there will be a time in the CrossFit change tenure that you will dip your toe in the water of any kind of advertising? I could see, I could see us doing that. We've got um, our last group of kids are about to graduate that they're juniors that we have twins that are juniors. When they finish next year, I feel like we'll be able to spend a little more time on those types of things and less, you know, less time on football and soccer and, and going and coming and doing all those things. Yeah. And, and I get it. I think that it's, it's a, it's a common tale. And if we're, if we're to be honest with ourselves as gym owners, we don't come from a marketing background, right? right. We didn't open up this gym or, or grow up as little boy and girl dreaming of running Facebook ads. Right. It's just not, yeah. it's not the reality of the situation, but with the, the capacity that you guys have, I could see it playing a part 
at, at some point in time, at least. We already somewhat explored the sales process of this, but I want to delve a little bit deeper. So when somebody reaches out, we've got a lead. What is that process like for them to eventually sign up and become a member? So we usually have them meet one of us here and um, kind of show them around and introduce them to what most people, we have to tell them what CrossFit is. Um, they don't have any experience or knowledge with CrossFit. So just going over what CrossFit is and what we do and all of that. And so um, we try to sell them well, that we, way. We set it up as an individual, mm -hmm. like we tailor it around their schedule. We let them know when we do our foundations classes, our, our intro classes, those are one-on-one -on -one sessions that we let basically them tell us what time works for them. And then we schedule around that. Uh, but if somebody calls up, we basically <clears throat> encourage them to stop by. We set up an appointment for them to stop by, meet and greet, you know, try to make them uh, feel welcome and understand a little bit about what we do. Uh, and then at that point, try to, you know, get them to just what give give me what's your first available day you know get that first session in we, we do five sessions for our foundations try to get them locked in on that first session and then once we get there then we can worry about session number two yeah because um, we found that the scariest part for them is walking through the doors the first time and so just getting them in to see it's not a scary place that we have you know bob who's 75 working out um that most people can do it as well. And so that kind of eases their minds. And yeah, does everyone go through foundations? Is that sort of first stop and then we get into the main class? Yes. Yeah, we, we require everyone that hasn't been a, a CrossFit gym member, um, uh -huh. we require them to do the foundations. We initially did not do that. We initially just said, come on. <laughs> At the very beginning, trying jump, to get members. Just, Anybody just, just come on. Come on in. Just, and then we found that uh, it really was not, um, it was not, it was not doing them justice because they had no idea what was going on. So I had to spend a hundred percent of my energy in a group class on this one person who had no idea what a snatch is. And then the other nine people in the class are getting zero percent of my attention and my energy and it's just and it's it makes them feel a little weird because they're getting all the attention and everybody else kind of feels neglected so the foundations class when we decided to make that a one-on-one -on -one mandatory thing it really i i actually fought carolyn on it i, I didn't think you know people would do it because we, we it uh, went through phases it we was went through phases. foundations once a month for two weeks we would do a foundations class and try to get you know people signed up um for the first two weeks of the month but then we would find people would call us right after that and say hey i want to join and we would you know tell them they'd have to wait two weeks before we would start our next foundations class and in those two weeks they you know could lose change interest. their mind and lose interest and go somewhere else and so we decided hey if we can get them here and do some personal training and make them feel comfortable and and financially that was more beneficial for us as well because we could then charge personal training rates aha uh -huh. i think that's an important layer <laughs> yeah well and that's that's what i fought carolyn on i i was like i don't i don't feel like they'll pay it i don't think they'll come pay you know sixty dollars an hour per session three hundred dollars for the foundations and we were charging like a hundred bucks for the whole foundations yeah, yeah. group session. And we might have two people show up that month. And so and we never knew who, who was coming when. So anyway, yeah. long story short, we did that. I gave in and then we had, we had more people join in 2021 than we've had any year since we've been. Up. Yeah. And I would suggest that there might even be room to increase those rates a little, but 
a conversation for another <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least. Uh, I, I think that's important in, in CrossFit, especially personal training gets a, a weird rap. It's either we get a, a maybe an intro session or two. You guys, we set we settle with five to really set people up for success. But I think CrossFit has such a big opportunity to expand on the other side of the spectrum, the more experienced, the very dedicated of their clientele looking to learn higher level skills or get more individualized coaching. And to your point, further increase that financial reward with personal training rates. As you guys continue on here, there's, there's a multitude of services We've talked, we don't have necessarily the clear picture of the end goal in mind, but we know we want to at least continue on. Five members per month was, was at least the number that you threw out, but there's got to be a, a number sitting in the back of your head. Hey, I want to hit this many members or, hey, it would be great to have X, Y, Z amount of people. What is that for you guys? The, the number 150? <laughs> sticks in my head um, because I do think there is, and again, monetarily, this may not, this may not be the way to go about thinking of it, but we want to know everybody in our gym. They're, they're a part of our lives and we're a part of their lives. And I feel like for whatever reason, after 150, you start losing, you start losing some of that because in, in order to accommodate that, you're going to have to have several more classes. You're going to have other people coaching, you know, uh, there are people that come to Carolyn's 8.30 class that I never see at my 5.30 or in the afternoon classes. So yep. I, my, I guess my fear in expanding is that we would expand to a point where we lose that, that communal thing that we have. And then, yeah. then we start breaking off into clicks, and that's just not, not what, we're, what we're interested in. So 150 is a number that comes into my head. 150. Now, let me ask you guys this, because you've been doing this for a decade and, and the industry is not always sunshine and rainbows and there are challenges to be faced. What do you think is going to be the toughest part for you guys in that journey to get to 150? We're gonna, time. <laughs> yeah, time, is, time is, is finite, right? We only have so much of that. But I do think that both of us are, we tend to be unwilling to see the value in marketing. Uh, we, we tend, I think both of us. I appreciate the honesty in that. Okay. I, I mean, we do. And, and maybe we're limiting, maybe we're limiting our ceiling thinking that way. Um, but I think that that's kind of where we both are. We're, we're comfortable with the model we have with word of mouth and organic growth and the cost of the marketing um, we've just never really even, never really even delved into it or considered it. But I, I think that would be, that would be what it would take, you know, to get to 150 is we would have to make a conscious effort to say, all right, we're going to spend this much on marketing this year. And we're going to put, you know, a local radio station, Facebook, uh, flyers, you know, um, whatever version of that marketing looks like. Yeah. And it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Do we invest funds in something like this when we aren't sure of the outcome? 
Maybe, maybe not. It's kind of a, a chicken or the egg kind of situation. Do we wait for people to come so that we have the revenue to spend on marketing or do we market so we get the people in so we have the money? It's, right. I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, but I really, really appreciate the, the humility in saying that like, this is, this is our mentality on this more than anything. Well, we all, I would always say when we were at 25 members, I said, all right, when we get to 50, once we get to 50, 50 was a, 50 was a lot, you know, when we first started, I said, when we get to 50, we'll look into some maybe marketing. And then we got to 50 and I said, well, let's wait till we get to 75. All right. 75 people organically. And then we'll look into marketing. And now it's just continued. We just continue to bump that number up as we've gone yeah it's uh it's an ever-moving target so we'll see we'll we'll kind of we've got a, a whole bunch of gym owners that are now keeping you accountable <laughs> guys that's a that's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up but i want to save a handful of minutes here for you guys to to tell people where they can learn more about crossfit change is there a website is there social media where can people go yeah, we're, we're at CrossFitChange.com. That's our website. We're also on Facebook. Uh, we're also, our, our workouts go up on Twitter and we're on Instagram all the time. So CrossFitChange.com is the easiest way to, to start that journey. There's links to all those socials uh, once you get there. Straightforward and simple. Guys, this has been a bunch of fun. I always enjoy business owners when they're willing to give a peek behind the curtain and, and show what's really happening behind the scenes on things like this. I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share. I'm excited to see what the future is because it sounds like we're still, we still got some ambition and, and fire left in us. So guys, I thank you for your time. I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show today is Joey Torres. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. So, you know, we're definitely excited to have you on. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of everything that you have going on at your gym, first, tell us a little bit about your place and how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place? Three part question. All right, cool. Well, yeah. my name is Joey Torres. Uh, the company and gym is called Life First Training Group. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a boutique gym. Uh, let's see, we do group training. We also do private one-on-one training. Apart from that, in my gym, I also do firearms instruction and I do self-defense and that's all outside of one facility or inside one facility rather. (laughs) Okay, cool beans. 
So what made you want to, to start a gym in the first place? Actually, for my training. So I, I train. I'm also a firearms instructor, and I do a lot of training. Um, so for me, it, it, I have to stay in shape. And I had a personal trainer that I work out with a lot. And then uh, I wanted to go out on my own with my businesses in the training side. But I knew I had to add in the physical fitness element. And so I asked my trainer, hey, if I build this facility, will you come on over with me? And he did. And that's how it all started. Very nice. Very nice. So was that like your segue into the fitness industry itself? It was like what you did professionally. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, it was it my segue into fitness, you're saying? Yeah. It's somewhat. Uh, in professionally, I guess, as a gym owner, um, in my past, in my younger years, I was a professional athlete. So fitness has always been a part of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it, it just, for me, it was great to be able to train myself, but be able to give back. Um, so that's why I started the business. I think that was a question, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a question. That was a question. Okay. Yeah. okay. So if I were to fly to California right now and I were walking to Life First Group LLC, first of all, how would I, I know you guys exist. So like, how are you getting people in the door and what would my experience be from like first impressions? Cool. Um, as far as in terms of, of gaining traffic or traction and getting people in, we're doing traditional methods as far as just uh, organic with flyers and business to business events, whatnot. But I'm also doing a lot of online promoting with um, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, things of that nature. Um, I'm dabbling in with the funnels right now, but uh, so that's how we're getting people in. When they walk in, they walk into a beautiful lobby. <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, TV's all around, but yeah. the gym is set up, has all the equipment you need, but really what I'm more proud of is what we've accomplished as far as um, our members' goals, but also in creating a true community. So when people do come in and I, why I have such a high closing rate myself is because I don't do a whole lot of talking. When they come in, I show them the facility and we always have people there. And I said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm biased. I'm the owner. I love this place. Don't talk to me. Go talk to my clients. Feel free. So they do. And once they get in with the clients, they find out real quick that it is a family atmosphere. And generally, that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, completely couldn't agree with you more, especially about that, the culture that's so important and also just creating that, that family, the family vibes. Yeah, um, yeah. but I did want to kind of backtrack and talk a little bit about what you mentioned about like Facebook, and did you say Instagram too, and a little bit of click funnels? Yep, yep. Uh, and we might go into TikTok. We'll see. <laughs> the TikTokers. Okay. So with the pay, so you're doing pay advertising with Facebook and Instagram. How is that going for you guys? And I want to touch on this um, because it's not something that is often the first thing that is out of like gym owners mouths when I do ask them this question. Mm -hmm. So it, it, originally I was trying to figure out how to do it on my own in which I did. And I would say I was somewhat successful at getting people or actually attracting leads. Um, the qualified leads, I didn't have a whole lot of time to nurture them. So it was difficult. Uh, so what I did is I hired a couple of different marketing companies. I tried them out and I found out that they had a lot of knowledge, but they weren't, they were more about volume in terms of bringing people in so that they can make their money. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't uh, personal and I didn't like it. It didn't really work out. 
However, I did learn a lot, and that's where I say I am dabbling in the click funnels, um, which I think is very cool. It's just trying to figure out how to apply that into what I do. Um, however, with that being said, I'm with a new company now that they are they're handling all my online ads. They are handling all um, the leads coming in. They even are handling the nurturing of the appointments, all right, the nurturing of the people. And so they, when they book, then they're handed over to us. And that has been going really well. Yeah. So essentially, basically, they're doing all the work on the back end to generate the lead. You said lead nurture and all you have to do is closing. Correct. Yep. Wow. That's it. That's awesome, man. Um, I do think that just investing money back into your business is so, 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 so important. Um, how, how are things going with the marketing company that you're working for now, that's working for you now, I'll say? Like, would you find that they are holding up their end of the bargain and getting in those consistent qualified leads? I, I, you know, I, I think that it's difficult to answer that right now, only because we're in just the Q4, right? And we know traditionally in this industry, it shuts down in December. So it's very hard to get these leads because uh, they're, everybody's out Christmas shopping and they're getting ready for the New Year's rush. So it, it's been difficult with them. We haven't had too many leads with them, but I do believe in them wholeheartedly, gone through their system and they do a great job at what they do. It's just bad timing for us right now. Gotcha. Okay. So once this company helps you, you know, get a lead in, I know that you said a part of like your sales process is just getting them to engage with the, the members, like your existing members that are already getting great results. Um, could you expand a little bit more on like what that sales process actually looked like? So if I come in, get a workout in, I go, you know, engage with the members that have a great time. What happens after that? I bring you back into the office and we have a conversation of what your goals are and how I can uh, get to you. But, in, you know, just in, in terms of real sales, you know, I, I find out what your pain points are. Um, I get down real quick to what the nitty gritty is. Why are you here? Why, yeah. why, what, what has invoked this desire to have a lifestyle change? You know, is it an event? Is it um, you yourself? Like, what are your goals and why are you here? And as soon as I can get into those pain points, it's very easy to guide them into a membership. Yeah, yeah. I know when I first started out um, doing sales per se, it was something that I was very hesitant about because I kind of associated the word sales with just like that, that stereotypical salesy person. So right. how do you go about really having these crucial conversations and hard conversations with people and, uh, and not coming across as this salesperson that's just trying to get your money? Because, you know, something that I've definitely learned is that you can't sell anything. You can't, you won't be able to help anybody. Right. Well, first of all, you need to believe in your product, right? I believe wholeheartedly in what our services are. I believe in the facility. I believe in our equipment. I believe in our trainers. We know what we're doing. Um, just on a side note, in where we're at, they have a, every year a contest called Gym Wars. And it's for big box gyms, boutique gyms, whoever enters. Usually about 25 gyms enter. Mm -hmm. um, for the past three years, the first year we went in, we came second place. And the last two years, we were champions. Now, what Gym Wars is, is your lean muscle mass gain, body fat loss. That's it. That's how you score points. So your top five scores from each gym get totaled. And then you, you know, that's how you determine the winners. We've won back to back and we should have won three years in a row because we do know what we're doing. Um, we, our transformation pictures are amazing. They speak for themselves and it is not a cockiness. It's, it, it's, it's 
a knowledge of knowing what we can do. I can go out and speak confidently. This is what we can do. And I know we can do it. So that that's what helps because when people come in, I don't sell them. I just say, Hey, look, this is what we do. You know, this is our company. This is our people. This is who I am. And it's a fit or it isn't a fit. I don't need to sell it. Hmm. Very, very well said. Very well said. Okay. So talk to me about the systems that you guys have in place. So how are you keeping track of who's taking what class, who canceled rescheduled, who may be leaving the gym? Um, from month, from month to month? So Zen Planner, that's who we use. That's our, who our backend system is. And I think they have a robust program. I love what they're doing and uh, it suits us very well. You said Zen, Zen Planner? Zen Planner, Z-E-N Planner. So that, that takes care of all, when someone joins, the membership is through Zen Planner. We sign them all up through Zen Planner. We have our own app. So they have to sign in or reserve their class. So we know who's going to show up. And we cap our classes so there's not too many people, obviously. Um, yeah. But they can see right there who's there, who's the instructor. Uh, if you don't get in, then you don't get in. You fall into the next one. But it's pretty easy. And then in terms of who's leaving, whatnot, it's all EFT, right? And mm -hmm. so as their membership, membership membership comes to a close, they'll be reminded to um, speak to us. But we'll also be reminded via Zen Planner that, hey, Jojo is now going to be expiring next month or whatever. So that's how our system in place. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it sounds like you guys have everything like in one place. Correct. Yes. Okay. So my next question is about COVID. I know we were kind of talking about this before we actually went on air. Do you mind telling our listeners like kind of what happened, like what your membership was, what it dropped to, and how you guys have been managing to recover from that? Okay, so it, we unfortunately opened right when COVID hit, right before COVID. <laughs> so we were open a couple months and uh, it was exciting. Um, we had been game planning this the whole time and, and we implemented and, and our membership was doing really well. Within a couple months, we had 80, I think it was 84 members. Mm -hmm. COVID hit and uh, we went down to below 10. Um, it was horrible. We were deemed essential. So we got to stay open but nobody was coming out. Yeah. So we had to find other things to keep us floating. And uh, that's where my other business kicked in. And that's why the firearms training, the self-defense, that was all booming. That exploded. I couldn't stop teaching because everybody was so scared with COVID. But mm -hmm. so it, that's what it was, just finding uh, other avenues of an income stream. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always, it's a necessity as an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to be creative and you have to learn how to think of your feet. Oh, you have to be able to pivot at any moment for sure. Huh. Yes, because nobody was expecting COVID. <laughs> and nobody expected it to last as long as it did. Facts, facts. Yeah. So let's talk about the future. Um, where do you see yourself, like as a business owner, um, if you could make, wave a magic wand six months from now, what would you want your gym to look like on the business side of things? Right, on the business side of things, you know, we're still... Gosh, this kind of, we're still struggling with membership. You know, I say I, I have full belief in the company that we're in with now, but it's just a bad time. But within three months time, by March, I want to be up to at least 100 members. We're about 50, 51 right now or 52, I can't remember, but we're at the halfway mark. We've been struggling to get back up. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but that's what I plan on doing. I'm going to do everything in my power to uh, get these members in. 
Yeah, no doubt in mind. I, I can hear your voice. Like I hear your conviction. I can definitely hear how much you believe in, in the services that you offer. So I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to work as hard as you can to appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so what about for yourself? Like, do you, well, let me ask you this. Like, are you doing everything in the business right now or are you able to delegate things? I do delegate. So um, originally I was uh, training as well, a trainer. So I'm certified. I got certified because I, I invited the personal trainer over that I trained with, right, to be my business partner on the training side. Right. I handle all the business side. He handles, handles a majority of the training. But uh, as we grew so quickly, I knew that I needed to jump on board and help. So I got certified um, right. as a trainer and nutritionist, and I was able to help out for a while. Now we brought in other trainers and our head trainer, Caesar. he's amazing at, at uh getting everything done and um, delegating out tasks. But now I'm just purely doing the business side of it. Hmm. And is that like where you see yourself being for the next three to five years or so, or do you want to be like no. more removed? Okay. Yeah. Tell us a yeah. So, you know, I didn't touch where I wanted to be in six months. So I apologize about that. But in six months, I, I you know, the first three months I plan on doubling. Uh, I want to get up to a hundred. We can accommodate about 200 people in the gym. So I'd like to get, cap it at about 125 because i know that's what we can do safely and have everybody have a great experience mm -hmm. um so that's where i plan to be at no matter what in six months i plan to be there because once we're there and we can stay there consistently for three months i already have another location ready to go okay okay yeah. so we're, we have plans on expanding yeah okay cool beans so as we um, come to the end of our conversation here, just a few more questions to ask you. Um, tell us a little bit more about why you even want to expand your gym. You know, well, you know, one, one is business, right? I, I love business, That's, I have so many, but honestly, I love helping people. Man, just, man, when I see these people and they're so happy and they're smiling and they're proud of themselves and holding their head high, walking out of my facility, yeah that's everything so that's why i want to continue doing it yeah very well said very well said so i mean as a business owner like what's the best thing about owning a business and what is the most challenging thing what's the best thing about owning your business well um <laughs> that you own it <laughs> that you're not <laughs> you're your boss right you don't answer to anybody mm -hmm. um which is is a great thing and a bad thing you have to be disciplined you know, uh, you have to be willing to go the extra mile. You have to be willing to go get all the knowledge for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. And that's in sometimes I know for myself, that was a cold slap in the face. I thought I can do this and that and delegate. But no, -uh. I had to learn everything by myself. So that's a good and a bad thing. I think it's bad because if you don't have the time, then you're messing up. If you have the time to do so, do it, get it, take the reins and take charge. That's what I did. But it was also very difficult for me. You know, I, I just, I'm uh, one of those people, I don't like delegating. Um, I'm always hands-on. So it's been difficult. But now that I have delegated, things are working a little bit more smooth. And um, I think I lost your question. But anyway, <laughs> I just continue on planning on going the way we're doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, especially like with your plans to expand, I think delegation just becomes very, very important. Right. Oh, you know what? Another thing, I don't know if you guys deal on, on the online side of it, but I'm going to jump into the online training also. Um, 
but anyway, I don't know if anybody's doing that, but gosh, if you are and you're successful, holla at me, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So almost had a good place to wrap things up. Um, Last thing I want you to tell our listeners is what you may, you probably already touched on this before, but like what's one piece of, of advice that you wish you would have had starting out? That one piece of advice that you kind of had to figure out on your own. You know, I, I honestly, just the, the marketing of it. Um, I think fitness is not, it's not like any other business, it's different. Uh, so the marketing and, and being able to market personally to people, it, that was a different for me. And that was, that was definitely a learning curve. Could you care to elaborate a little bit more on that? I, I understand what you mean, kind of, I think. But. Right. It's just actually getting people to believe in us and believe in who we are initially and getting them through the doors. It's a more personal, I guess, sales technique, right? Um, so it, it was hard to, to for myself because I fully believed in it from the beginning. But how do you convey that to people? Because I didn't, uh, I didn't really get and I didn't anticipate all the objections that I was going to get coming in. Right. But that's where I say I was from that I was able to learn the pain points and then flip it. But I wish somebody would have told me how to navigate those waters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. is that something that you feel like you're kind of like an expert on now? It's just like that helping people believe in, you know, what you offer and just handling those objections. 100%. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap up on this episode, but before we sign out, where can we find you on social media, internet? Cool. Our website is www.trainl, the number one, g.com. And uh, Instagram is at Life First Group. All righty. Well, Joey, thank you so much. You know, we really, really appreciate your time and contrib- contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. So to everyone awesome. who tuned in today, We appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining me is Mr. Alex Barajas of Team Swole, coming to you from Humble, Texas. Alex, what's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, no, I'm doing great, Joe. I appreciate you guys having me on. 
I'm excited. This is one of my favorite gym names that I've ever had on the podcast, <laughs> by the way. So I'm going to start off first and foremost, Team Swole. We, I'm going to say Team Swole as often as I can throughout this interview. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of, of what you're actually doing here, Alex, give us a little bit of context for the people who aren't familiar with Team Swole. What is this business? How do you describe what you do? Uh, basically, uh, with as we say, team swole, so we can multi, we can say it multiple times, as many times as we one, can. One of the Feel things, that, one of the things I first learned when, before I opened up the uh, gym was they say you want to pick a name that you can actually chant, and it actually sounds good. So with team swole, team swole. So that's actually how the name came about was just being able to try to find a name for a gym that stands out and then obviously the the rest comes into play uh started back in 2006 uh after finishing up uh my mba program in business figured that the best time having been involved in the, the fitness industry and the supplement industry and doing uh off-site training figured it was time to open up my own facility so had the opportunity uh was uh, blessed with the resources to finally put everything to finally together. And, you know, years later, we're, we're still here. We are still here and we must be doing something right. If we're still around. Right. Yeah. Years later is, is no small feat. I think in the, the fitness industry, you've been doing this since 2006, at least 16 years in this industry is a lifetime in any yes. other industry. And so makes me feel young. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. I'm that. sure yeah. that that you know more about running a business today than you did 16 years ago. I would hope so. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. For you throughout that tenure, Alex, what's been what's been the best part for you about running this kind of a business? And what's been the hardest part about running this kind of a business? Now I'll definitely have to to pick and choose. I mean, because there's well, there's going to be quite a bit of different ups and downs, especially one obviously is going to be the gratification of being able to see what you had envisioned actually come to light. Um, because that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, I, I'm a, uh, I'm a kind of a visionary, but I need to see things. So I went to the extent of actually drawing the way the building looked and trust me, I'm not, you know, I'm a kindergarten drawer, but yeah. the image of it just with the name on the front of the building um, and that was kind of what really kind of led into just the first sense of when we opened up that sense of gratification. So I did it, you know, I finally did it. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to do it on my own as in, uh, I didn't, uh, I did not have to, um, resort to any, honestly, any bank loans or anything. It was basically savings, Yeah, but bootstrapped but, it. Yeah. So basically, but the flip side of that is that you are utilizing what you've saved up for quite a bit of years, taking a chance at that point of time in 2006, 2007, when, you know, the internet was around, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now with TikTok and Instagram and, sure. and whatnot. So um, the, the ups were the fact that we got it running. The downs is when the bills started coming in. You're like, oh, this is not just my big playground. This is anybody this listening to this podcast knows opening up a gym is not cheap. Yeah, no, equipment wise. And, and now, even though uh, Umble is, is probably just about 20 minutes uh, north of Houston, which I mean, we're a large metropolitan area, but back then finding equipment locally was, uh, it was 
I mean, practically, yeah. Either you had to have a whole lot of dinero or shipping. Shipping was going to get you uh, initially. Yeah. So you're going to pay uh, twice as much to get it shipped. Yeah. Right. You know, now there's locations where you can drive up, pick up equipment, but uh, learning that aspect of, of the spending, how much it's actually going to cost, uh, even taking small consideration like the insurance and water bills uh, and um, I actually went in the first in our first bit, it was 5,000 square feet, which it's a lot of space. And you're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to fill up with all these people. We're going to have so much fun. And then you start realizing, OK, well, there's there has to be a process in place to you know yeah. make that happen. Yep. Um, but even though I still deal with the, the daily stressors of, of running it, even after all of these years, I've never gotten comfortable because once you once you get comfortable, you have 2020 hit you, and the pandemic hit you. So yeah, you do. So yeah. the, how was that for you guys? Um, it it was it was definitely a shock. Especially I tried the interactive uh, training with uh, through online, but it it just it wasn't my style of training. It wasn't my forte. I I like being around the people. I want to be there when I want to talk to them. I want to smile when I want to laugh with them. You know, I want to hug them. I want to, you know, high five them. So it was a route that I decided that I was not going to do. So uh, when you talk about having to come up with a plan B, fortunately with having an educational background and, and having a degree, I actually started working for the small business administration, part of the SBA, actually doing COVID loans, ironically for businesses. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. So I was signed on to a, a uh, two-year contract with the SBA. And while the gym was closed down, I actually worked from the gym on a laptop, helping other small businesses uh, apply for their PPP, apply for their COVID EIDL loans. Mm -hmm. So that aspect of learning what other businesses were going through, it was more of a learning experience for me. And aside from the fact that uh, obviously the salary I was getting was maintaining the gym because a lot of people don't realize also even though we were shut down the bills still had to be paid revenue and, stopped uh, but expenses were still there yeah, exactly um and we uh we received maybe a like a two two month break from like light but all that did was extend the balance they, they didn't wipe yeah. out the balance so yeah. um that's they're business gonna get, they're just, gonna get their money one way or another that's for sure Right. So I just had to make the adjustment. So I started working with the SBA and just started learning from them and was able to keep the, uh, as I say, keep the doors open until we had the final clearance. And as soon as we had the full uh, clearance to reopen, um, you know, I, I went ahead and resigned from the, the SBA and, you know, appreciated what I learned from them. And they, sure. they, they did their job. I did my job. So now we're back in business. Yeah. And so let's use that as sort of the, the benchmark here. Now we're able to operate with full capacity. Let's go from the, the end goal in mind and, and work back to today, because that's a more useful analysis here for people listening, Alex. As you look to the future, big picture with this thing, what's your goal for the business? Are we, uh, let me, let me get a little bit more specific first. Have we kicked around the idea of multiple locations at any point? Well, uh, glad you asked. Actually, this uh, in 2017, I actually opened up a second location. Okay. And it did not last a year. I and see. it, it had, couldn't get nobody in the door. 
uh, even with the, the marketing, market. the branding, just the honestly, I, until this day, I, I still cannot put my finger on what it was that we failed. And I, I'm very open and, huh. and transparent about it because that these are all business lessons. Because of what you replicate at one spot may not necessarily be it. Now, you can use all the examples you want, how they mold Chick-fil-A's and McDonald's and Jack in the Box. But then when you really think about it, even though what they provide is the same, environment might be the same, the workers might be the same, uh, the area might be different. So honestly, Joe, I I'm still trying to figure out what it was that did not work. Yeah. So I can Lessons fix it. Learned, I'm sure. So I can fix it to possibly have. I know the market is still there, especially the way we, uh, the, the way we have it structured. But it, it's it's tricky. I, I don't know. I'm still. That was, I'm yeah, that was going to be my next question. On. Is like this could easily go one of two ways. Either now I'm determined to figure it out and do it again, or that was a horrible idea. I'm never doing that again. See, it and sounds I know, like we're probably more in that first category. Yes, and and of course, you know, people, uh, people that are, that are family and friends, they're like, "Ooh, you learned your lesson. You won't do that again." But you're not a, you're, <laughs> you don't know me that well. <laughs> you're not a yeah. You're not an entrepreneur if you don't want uh, to take uh, risk and chances. Uh, I, I even for agree. for uh, gym uh, counterparts and, and friends that had to actually run other facilities after COVID. They, they hung it up and they went back to work in nine to five and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just don't feel that the true entrepreneurial spirit, they can, can put you in that situation. Like if you fail, you're going to want to go back to make it work. Yeah. Yep. Everybody that listens to this knows exactly what you're talking about, by yes. the way. So you're, you're speaking to the so choir. I, I, I encourage everyone though, fail, fail hard and just come back. This is, this is hard. Yeah. So it's just, okay. So we'll figure it out though. Picking around the idea. We'll get back to that in the future, but at least in the location that we have now from a, a numbers standpoint, what is the, the ceiling? How many people do we think that we could serve at capacity? So at capacity, our, my highest was 150 and that's actually group training. That's not included open gym. Okay. Um, so uh, 150 group training members or athletes that have trained is has been uh the goal we that we've been there or that's as much as you could do we that's the highest i've been at there are most okay. could you have gone there. beyond that um with it, some creativity it'll be a little tough just because uh okay. i'll have to increase the the number of sessions now it also goes into the number of sessions that i actually train or if I'm going to bring on a uh, contract or a trainer or bring on an additional trainer to facilitate uh -huh. it. So 150 okay. has been the most that I've actually handled. And okay. It, so it, maybe with some, some manipulation of staffing and the schedule. Right. Oh yeah. That, that's, that's definitely a, a achievable goal. Yes. Okay. Working backwards through this, for example, we have 150 people. I want to speak about retention for a little bit because for gyms in your kind of a model, that's where the real battle is won and lost, right? right? We want to make sure that we're keeping people more so than anything else. So COVID aside, what do you guys focus on the most to retain the people that you have? It has to start as soon as they uh, walk in the door. I, I just recently did just a um, kind of an informational purpose for myself to see because I have clientele that I've actually have been there since I've opened 
And, you know, you look at somebody going to the same gym, you know, 10, 13, 14 years, um, that's when you have to sit like, okay, what are we, what are we doing right? And I think the biggest thing is, is one, the environment and how I expect it and how I have to create it because realistically, a lot of people who are going to the gym are not necessarily wanting to go because they want to, or have the love and passion. A lot of times they need to, you know, health wise or, or what other reasons. So yeah. what, are, what are we doing to, to welcome in and, and, you know, and it, it, it's, it's not unknown. I mean, you want to provide an environment where everybody's friendly, everybody respectful of each other, making it fun, how your interaction with people. I, I don't, uh, I don't have time for bad days in the gym. No, obviously I'm human. I'm emotional. I, I can have a bad day, but when it comes to, when it comes to training, it, it's, I feel like I, I have to be an actor. I just, you have to, you know, still okay. be genuine, still be who you are, but you have to provide an environment where they want to keep on coming back. Oh yeah. Uh, and our average right now is about seven years of the number of uh, people we have currently. They've been with me for an average of seven years. And this is uh, 50 plus people with at least seven years average. So, yeah. um, so they're bought it's, in. it's putting the attention to them, getting to know them and really providing the a training that one keeps them safe. They enjoy doing it and gives them a reason why they want to come back the next day and, and so on, or tell their friends and yep. start referring. And so it, it sounds like retention is, is a strong point in the business. We're keeping the people. We have a core group that have stuck with us for a long, long time. So take us a step back here. You mentioned that it started the whole process and the idea of retention starts at onboarding. Take us through what a typical sales process looks like for us to bring a lead through and eventually sign up into that membership? So basically I, I like to have any interaction, whether they reach out uh, via online or through the website, or if they walk in uh, is really taking the time to find out what their, uh, their goals are, what are, what exactly kind of programming they're looking for and being, and being very transparent, being very open and honest, even though, you are trying to close the sale. You also want to be real with yourself and real with the person. If there's, if they're requesting some services that may not be up your alley or may not fit along with what your overall program is having to be honest, you might lose, you know, you might lose a couple of, but then you, you will gain a lot more respect. Uh, and even for people to want to maybe uh, change up something, maybe they'll go in and, uh, be looking for one thing. And once you get to know them and once you actually show that you, you have general care about them, they will say, okay, you know what? Maybe I, I wasn't interested in that. Now I am. So um, my biggest selling point when they come in is one really connecting on exactly what they want and being upfront and honest. If I can provide it, I can, if I can't, then, you know, I, I have to just tell them this is not something we can provide. That's why we do always offer a week free so we can feel each other wow. out. So the front, end, the front end that they're signing up for is a trial. Is that yeah. Right? And I, I just tell them the same thing and we don't do any contracts either. So it's, I always tell people if, if there's something that fits for, for you as a person, as your schedule, and this is the environment you like, then we'll go from there. So um, do you track conversion the, percentage on that or, or how successful that has been? Uh I would probably say the last time I did the statistics, I mean, we're, we're probably at an 87, 88% uh, closing rate um, because most of the time people who- To the trial buy, or to actually paid members? Oh, to actually sign in. I see, to okay. Sign up with 
So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're hitting a good three out of five. And, um, usually those two, it, it would either be because of scheduling or, or distance. Cause we have a lot of people that drive, you know, a bit of a distance to us also. So, uh, converting that. And I feel once we get them in, then I know that we can continue to provide, uh, the services that are looking for. And then that's what helps us with the retention rate. Um, cause I'll, I'll, I'll spend more time in investing on our current people than I will really trying to find new people because eventually um, the people we have retaining, they're going to refer their family, their friends, their coworkers. So, and that's been a, a great success for us is basically just referrals. Yeah. And so from my perspective, at least, and, and knowing this business just from the outside so far, Alex, retention is a strong piece. We're closing at a significant rate compared to what the industry would suggest. It sounds like marketing is probably a really good opportunity for us to, to take this thing to the next level and just get some new leads through the doors through those sales and retention processes. So for you guys, at least so far, what have we done to drive traffic in? Most of it is going to is really on right now is through online, just the our typical uh, Instagram posts, uh, sales, uh, group workouts, or a free trial for like for tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Uh, we always have a Thanksgiving workout where it's free for anybody to come out and try us. So um, I've tried uh, Google ads, uh, Facebook ads. I haven't had a whole lot of excuse me. I haven't had a whole lot of success with those particular uh, programs. Uh, it could just be just my inexperience with it, or could be the fact that, as I mentioned, when I first opened up, it, it, we didn't have that availability. So yeah. I think for me is having to have that maybe a different mind uh, or mindset in the fact of maybe to try to utilize um, more of what the online program or what the technical world is providing, as opposed to the old school knocking on doors. Hey, do you want to come to my gym and work out? Uh, I think them. that's that's a really, really important point here. And, and the timeline of this plays a role, I'm sure. In 2006, social media was MySpace, right? It wasn't right. Facebook. It wasn't Instagram. Facebook existed, but it was just kind of emerging. And certainly the advertising platforms on these were not established. It makes sense that we've tried it. I think I commend you for trying it, but it, I, I get that we wouldn't have good results, right? You didn't grow up as a little boy dreaming of running Facebook ads behind a computer. No, I'm sure. No. You know, and even doing the, we've, we've done the uh, mail out postcards. Um, you know, we've done, I've done uh, one year I did a billboard uh, on, you know, near one of our busy streets and which, brought in zero leads but it was the, one of the most highly uh traveled uh roads in my area so you know you you go through like you said the time changes and really trying to find what really works and i'm still trying to find what really works i can't say that there's been something where i've hit on um i just know that if i get them to the door then i i do strongly believe they're going to like our program they're going to like what we provide uh but that's the trick part it's how do we get them to the door? And like I said, uh, just being able to possibly just utilize a little bit more of what's provided uh, through the technical world is just navigating through it and trying to figure it out. It's a little tricky. Yeah, I, I think I, it's common that I hear that. And I think it's unfortunate 
that our industry a lot of the time falls short on this. I talk to so many gym owners who have an unbelievable product, but they don't understand marketing and they don't take the time to learn about it. And so that it, it always gets undersold, right? There's always people that aren't aware that it even exists that could really benefit right. from a service like this. It's, it's sad. And, and I, like I said, I understand it because is it tremendously exciting to go take the time to learn how Facebook ads manager works? No. Or Google <laughs> ads manager? No, nobody wants right. to do that. But at the end of the day, this is a business. And like you said, at the very, very beginning, we put a whole lot of money into this thing to get it off the ground. And, and if we boil it down to its simplest components, money in versus money out is really the, the driver yeah. to all of this. That, that's what you must have learned when you got your MBA, huh? That was it. That was it. <laughs> that, that could have been the whole, that's that's all they had to tell us when we went and got our, our degree. I'm just going to chop it's, that 15 seconds of our interview and sell it for 50 grand to anybody. <laughs> and so I, I want to bring this back to kind of the end goal that you mentioned, Alex. We talked about filling out the location that we're in and, and learning the lessons of the the not so successful second location so that we can eventually go that route again. What do you think is, what do you think you would do differently if you were to make that approach again in the future? Um, that's a great question. I mean, that's still one of the questions that I continue to ask myself. Um, I think, I think I would actually spend more time in the, uh, the training aspect as in training the team that I would bring with uh, with me if to open up a, a second location. I think I, I don't think I spent enough time uh, with the team that I hired for the, the location that didn't did not succeed. Uh, I don't think I, I spent enough uh, resources on educating them, training them. Uh, and it overall just everything from customer service to programming um I don't, I, I don't think I spend enough time. So I think spending more time with the actual team that's going to help uh, run it and uh, grow it, spend more time and resources on trying to maybe uh, get them more either educational classes as in with training or business classes, something that can just have them focus and understand of, of how it feels to be a gym owner or have it but not necessarily have the full realms of it but possibly if you know in the future they could become owner of it or they can you know we can franchise out because I, I still feel like that's a goal still within in, in mindset uh, as with the franchising but uh, of course I need to get a second location up <laughs> to make it start uh, make it work and then just build off of that so and I think I think also is in the, the second location that failed, I tried to change up uh, some dynamics of how we, we structured the training, the program from where we're at right now. And I think I'll just stick to what actually worked. I mean, yeah. if, I make, if I make a good apple pie, I should leave it at apple pie. Yeah, we get a little cute and start doing different things. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I think that would be a, the main one thing too, is uh, to build on the niche that we created, having kind of a a uh, private environment, uh, a very close-knit environment, and then build off of that instead of trying to get too fancy-dancy. 
Yeah. You'd be blown away how often I hear that on here. And it's unfortunate, but it's helpful to recognize. Alex, that's a really good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But with the small amount of time we have left, why don't you tell people where they can learn more about Team Swole? Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. And one, I just want to thank you guys for this opportunity. I had a great time. I look forward to listening to more of the podcast. So as even as a gym owner, after all these years, uh, I know we can always still continue to learn and grow from each other. You can find us at teamswole.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at real underscore team swole and on Facebook under team swole. Uh, reach out to us if you're ever in the humble Houston area. You're always more than welcome to come get a workout in. We're minutes away from Intercontinental Airport, our lar largest airport here in Houston. So you arrive at the airport, and you have a layover. Hey, hit us up. You can come get a workout with us. Love it. Alex, this has been fun, man. I, I really appreciate business owners when they're willing to give a, a kind of peek behind the curtain and and show what they've been working on and, and also what hasn't been working. Cause I think that's just as valuable for us to take lessons from. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Cause it sounds like you still have some works. In oh, yeah, I'm not done yet. Yeah, no, definitely You've not. Still got some cards left to be played. So for now, I can't thank you enough, man. And I wish you nothing but the best. No, I really appreciate it, Joe. And just keep me posted on everything, but I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.